Oi, oi. It's time for Into the... Oh, no. We're across the... Oh, beyond... Oh, we've got too many Spider-Man movies, people. Too many Spider-Man movies coming out at the moment. We are, we are feeling... We are feeling the Spider-Verse goodness, people. The Spider-Verse goodness. And and to start off with, though, welcome back to NMI When You Need More Info, a podcast spawned the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate, and today I'm joined by the ever-lovely James and Chaz. How are you guys doing? Yeah, pretty cool. Hello, I'm good. I wasn't expecting the oi oi. <laughs> that that tripped me up a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know where we're where we're going with that. Really. Yeah, There's yeah. Like a major catchphrase for a character that Chaz loves in this uh, in this uh-huh. uh, film, to be honest. But no. So obviously, you know, usually we do like a song intro, but I thought I have no idea. I could have done this. Actually, I could have done the Spider Man theme song, but mm. yeah. Oi oi things also because we don't have a real night here. We've got another night from a different multiverse. This is true. I'm variant Nate. Variant six two five four Nate. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that's how I'm going to call myself a 6254. I'm going to try and remember that for the end of the podcast, see if I can. But yeah, no, it's glad to be back, people. Obviously, we've been off for a few weeks. It's uh, been holidays and very busy times and just, so you know, taking a bit of break or whatnot. But we are actually looking to get back into the full swing now. Ha, definitely pun intended that. Unintentionally as well, might I say. Uh, for our Across the Spider-Verse review and spoiler discussion. So obviously, you know, uh, as usual, as you know, we do a review and then a preemptive spoiler discussion noted before we actually get into it but before we get into that i just want to quickly ask how, how have you guys been since we last uh since we last met up for the guardians review yeah um i've been good i'm a little tired today i kind of wish i had the energy today that i had after seeing spider-verse i have to admit because man i was buzzing from that one um but yeah pretty good um i've been checking out darkest dungeon 2 which finally came out of early access um i'm enjoying it a lot it's it's very different from uh, the previous game, which in a way is really good because it means that um, you can kind of play them independently. Um, but they've changed a lot of the mechanics. It looks incredible. The an- well, yeah, relevant. Uh, the animation is fantastic. Not quite as good as Spider Verse, but pretty damn good. And uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, game wise, I've been playing a lot of Age of Wonders Four at the moment, which is very addicted to that game. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been having doing other stuff, not just playing that. But oh yeah, yeah, same. Mostly, <laughs> I, I just said the interesting stuff I've been up to. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, I've been been been, been doing other stuff, but um, in terms of media, because that's what a podcast is all about. Um, I suppose I've been watching a bit of uh, Fubar a little bit, which is kind of eh, it's okay, but it is kind of also up my street. But it's so I don't mind watching it. But it's okay. It's um. An Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not Arnold Schwarzenegger on the TV for the first time. I mean, in a TV series for the first time. For real? Um, yeah. So wow. It's, it's on. It's on. It's on Netflix, and it's a action comedy essentially. And action comedies are like my jam. So I so even if it's mediocre, I'll, I'll still kind of uh, lap that stuff up. That sounds interesting. I did, I literally. I'm really surprised he's never been in a TV TV show ever. Is that right? Um, I mean, he might have done like. An appearance somewhere, possibly, but he's never known a full TV show. And I know he is actually Netflix's official chief action officer now, so a CAO sort of thing. Um, How many jobs does this man need? I mean, he's not the Terminator one. He's actually come out and said, I'm done playing the Terminator now. He's heard the people, so he's done now and whatnot, which is understandable. But He was, gone, and he was done a few years ago playing for Governator as well. Exactly. Mm. But no, myself, a bit of... well. My gaming time has pretty much just been Tears of the Kingdom, to be honest. Mm. Finished Shadow Survivor, absolutely fucking loved it. Can't wait for the next one if they do it. And yeah, my life has just been Tears of the Kingdom and seeing what goddamn 
monstrositous contraptions I could create in that game because <laughs> it's absolutely insane to be honest like I found out you can use cooking pots as suspension for cars like it's the level of yeah try to say what the fuck like it's the level of detail that goes into these like games like someone created Mega, Metal Gear Rex from like Metal Gear Solid 1 and everything and yeah, I wasn't really paying that much attention to uh, what was happening with the development of that game. I knew of the first one, and I've seen people playing it. And then, like, I was just like, oh, you know, another, you know, another Zelda, cool, that'll be alright. And then suddenly, I hear about people making mechs and cars. And I'm like, what are they doing in this game? What's happened? While well, I wasn't paying attention. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's absolutely insane to me. It's the fact that like it's it's um it's going that way. I think um. The, the way that the way the game's going, it, a lot of people describe the first game as the beta, and this is the full version now because the way it is, like, there's an entire underworld which is the size of the up uh, the land map, which is insane. But right, people, so obviously you're not here to talk us to talk about video games that we played. You're here to talk about a specific movie that's entered our lives that we've all been waiting for for three years now, two, three years now. I I want to say that Spider Verse came out five years ago. Well, we 2018 can... is what I want to say. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, yeah, no, that's um, we got. Oh yeah, no, fair play, James. Straight out on the money with 2018. I so... might have stopped yesterday. Oh well, fuck you then. Yeah. Uh, so five years <laughs> Me ago. Me too. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, like this movie, we'll we'll get into. The, obviously, you know, as you know, we're going to do a review and the spoiler discussion. But I, I was a bit hungover when I went to go see this movie. Yeah, probably not the best movie to watch Hangover. Well, I, I went to I went drinking the night before. I got home the next day. I was coming back on the train. And I was like, should I go see this in IMAX after four hours sleep? And I was like, I'll just have to go to a normal cinema after getting a couple of hours of paracetamol. And when I went in to see this film, like, I'm kind of glad I did, to be honest. Because let's just let's just get straight into it, people. This film is what is probably one of it, well, it is the most visually stunning film in at least animated form I've ever seen. Like... I mean, you could classify Avatar to a degree as animation, like CG animation, but... Yeah, it, uh, they're both stunning-looking movies, but in very different ways. And the f- I think the thing that Spider-Verse has over Avatar is um, just pure... It's like a painting. It is like a painting that is moving. Like It's it's insane to, to watch. It's Like you said, it's just... I can't think really of any other mainstream movie that is doing what it's doing at the moment. Maybe you know, Nate, but it's pretty unique in my perspective, from my perspective. Yeah, and the amount of different styles it uh, combines. I mean, the only other movie coming out soon, which is really like, a lot of movies have become inspired by Into the Spider-Verse. Like, the recent Puss in Boots movie uh, has an animation style that took to the inspiration from Into the Spider-Verse. And also, there's the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out, which is sort of like... A 3D oil painting, to a degree. It looks very interesting. It's uh, Paramount doing that, not Sony. But uh, it's it's really nice to see animation studios taking more risks now because of this movie. And it's interesting the fact that this has come from Sony, who have been very, how can I put it, uh, like mid-range with their Spider-Man movies. Obviously, before Marvel and obviously Amazing Spider-Man movies, they were okay. Marvel came along. They're pretty good. But they've done like Morbius and Venom, and they were all right and everything. Venom more so than Morbius, but Into the Spider Verse came along, and it was like, what the fuck is this film? Yeah. Like, I mean, Sony can actually make good movies. So well, what, yeah, what, I mean, um, what they for me, they're they're killing it lately because, well, well I say lately, um, they did Into the Into Spider Verse, of course. They've done this now, and they also did um, something called. I think Mitchell's versus the machines. Mitchell's versus the machines. Yeah. Man, what a banger as well. Like it's it's a bit like it's nowhere near as out there as this movie in terms of visually, but it is again 
really really strong movie so in my eyes yeah they they clearly have the uh, ability to do some some crazy stuff um i was talking to a friend actually and, and he pointed out that sony pictures entertainment did the emoji movie as well and i'm just like can you think of two films that are more contrasting in terms of creativity, visual uniqueness, you know, just like inspiration? I mean, I believe... I believe and the, the opposite of that. <laughs> I believe the creators of this are the guys who did the Lego movie as well. That makes so, sense. So, like... And obviously, um, I don't know, these these guys, like... After the Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out, which is the final part of this trilogy, where do they go next? That's, that is the question, like, are they going to maybe, like do maybe new offshoots of this of these offshoots of this franchise or are they like I don't know where it could go. But let's just um let's just maybe get into it. Like initial viewpoints, what did you guys think of the movie? Yeah, I mean great great art style, great different different art styles. I'm not a massive fan of Spider Man but so I probably don't get quite as much from you guys from seeing all the different Spider Man out there, but I do appreciate all of that. I love the little in jokes uh throughout I pick up something from just very popular culture, as opposed to my knowledge. Um, story-wise, there's some definitely some interesting aspects to the story that I really, really like, which we'll probably discuss further in the spoiler section. I'm not one of those who's going to love a film, but I did very, very like. I did very much like the film. I strongly, okay. I strongly like the film. So you won't be given a Fergus six, at least we can, at least, at least we can <laughs> oh. confirm that. No, 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 no. I, I, I give sensible scores. That's okay. good. I might yeah. have to kick you if you give it a six. <laughs> no, no, you'll, 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 be, you'll be happy with my score. It's, cool. just, it's just not... Uh, I expect it be quite as high as you guys. So I will also say that I'm not like a massive Spider-Man fan either. Um, but this movie is incredible. Um, the reason I like it, and, and the previous one, is because it's so unique in what it's doing it's so creative there is so much that they are doing it's so like you know it's inspired like there's clearly a creative team that has a vision and are following through and they are just doing something that is no other film as i said may in the mainstream um current releases are doing anything like this and this is a spider-man movie and it's almost it almost doesn't matter because like it's Clearly, like this, this vision would, which you know, it would. Sorry, I'm tripping over words because I love it so much. Uh, I think it would, you know, stand on its own. But you know, it's almost like it's too good for a franchise movie because it's like so much creativity in something like it is. So yeah, obviously, I really liked it. Um, there's a few tiny things that I could point out, but no movie's perfect in my opinion. But uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed it, and I was so hyped after I came out of the movie theater. I think we'll go on the positives first for the movie. To be honest, like um, I do, I do have a few criticisms myself of the movie. Like yep. they're quite small, and they, they can actually be quite rectified. Like possibly with digital release of the film, or even just like resending prints to the cinema, or even just like when it comes to the actual, you know, you know uh, sequel when they eventually do it. But yeah, my initial thoughts of the movie is that like when they said they were hiring a thousand animators for this movie, I was like, okay, what are they gonna do? And then <laughs> you get to okay, let's let's just let's just you know, I'll, I'll we'll go from here, but. Let's just say this is this is a what, like one of the longest Western animated movies. I don't have to specify. I think it's the tenth longest animated movie, mm. but I believe it is the longest Western animated movie. What's the like, runtime? Uh, two hours and twenty. Um, it's 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 one hundred and forty minutes, so it's two hours and twenty minutes long. So, and also, I will give this in this movie this no post credit scene, mm. which I really liked. It was like no, you can leave because we can say that this movie does end on a cliffhanger. 
Yes. And Boyd is a fucking end on the fucking cliffhanger. Yeah. And I didn't even know about that because, I don't know, I've been living under a rock apparently. But um, yeah, that was a bit abrupt, but we'll talk about that in the spoilers. Um, yeah, no, definitely. But um, yeah, it makes sense that it was that long. It didn't feel that long. I, I, I was pretty bloody captivated to be honest so i didn't even realize but i must admit towards the end it because as i said it's a part one um i was starting to think where is this where are they going to wrap this up because it it does seem like like the second act essentially like yeah yeah no honestly like the pacing of this movie is interesting because it does literally start off pretty much with a roller coaster ride and then it and then it quietens down to give you more of like the um you know, the character setting, the character emotions, the, the drive, which is essentially going to, you know, push this film, like the central character that coming into it. Like we can say like, um, when I first saw the trailer for this film and without spoilers, you know, we know the spot or the Dalmatian or the cow is in the movie. Like the fact that like people are like, Oh, okay. This guy, he, he's a joke villain. Essentially. A lot of people thought the joke turns out from the comic books, he's actually a lot more menacing than people realized. Mm. But when people saw the trailer, they were like, Okay, it's a guy who could put spots on his... Is he like Polka Dot Man from um, Suicide Squad, possibly? But I could tell you this, people, without going to too much spoilers, this character is like... Because he actually has like a big ramifications for the like entire film franchise, which is amazing. But I met, I didn't see your trailer, so I went in not knowing if that character was going to be... Um... It's not sparky. Already talked about it. I, I I went I went in not knowing that 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 character was going to be the main villain. So when we do a whole joke about him being the villain of the week, I actually thought he was just going to be a, a villain of the week. So it was a, well, yeah. so it was a surprise to me. I can and, confirm uh, that the trailers don't show that though. The trailers literally show him. So you know how you have like your first your your primary villains, your secondary, and your tertiary villains. The way they portray this, he's sort of like a very like D list villain, like in a corner shop essentially, like we see it from the trailers, and people thought, okay, it's that sort of level of villain. But no one's expected it to go to this level. We can say that going into this film, uh, because it's just been promoted about that. But um yeah, honestly like I feel the narrative for this film was excellently paced. I do have some critiques like um I do love the way this movie ended. I thought the fact that I literally uh, will say some some movies have cliffhangers that like you go that's really crap cliffhanger because it literally stops but this is sort of like Infinity War you know it's you know you can feel well you can feel the end but where it ends it doesn't like just stop it's sort of like it gives you sort of like a soft stop essentially like it allows you to go okay this is where we're going next essentially without going into spoilers basically but yeah let's um so obviously this movie picks up um uh i believe a little bit of time after the uh so 16 months since the destruction of the first um the uh alchemix uh, collider from the first movie with um kingpin miles morales is you know the full spider-man of this universe now he's coming to his own he's got a nice new suit with some lovely red lines down the side of his suit which everyone keeps commenting on which is hilarious um obviously but the thing is though even though miles morales is the main character of this film a lot of people are describing this as actually more of a <clears throat> a dual portrayal of characters essentially because it feels that Gwen Stacy, it's also her movie almost not it's definitely Miles' movie, but Gwen is definitely a very, very prominent character going in this film. Like a very prominent character. Yeah. I could see it being argued with that it's both of their movies kind of almost equally, to be honest. And the whole prologue is just Gwen from yes. Gwen's perspective. So yeah, she gets a whole big section to herself. And that that's a very visually stunning section and kicks off with some amazing music. I do have some critiques on the music later on that I think we'll go into the spoiler discussion because I feel that 
the music um we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later but obviously you know but miles morales uh you know i felt that obviously he is doing this typical spider-man thing now he's starting to struggle with his balance between his life and playing spider-man which i think is the spider-man curse essentially you know it's like you, you can never figure it out i mean we do see in No Way Home, Tobey Maguire's character, he has figured out his balance in life, but that's someone who's been here for 20 plus years and whatnot, but I love the fact we are seeing the struggles with Miles, his family, you know, he's becoming more detached from his family, uh, there's also some emotional struggles going on there with his parents, um, Gwen's got a whole situation going on in her universe with her family as well, but then we are introduced to the multiverse, or the spider-verse as it were, and this movie is insane the fact that like in the previous movie we, we were given glimpses of other spider characters out there and their specific art styles which i loved you know i'm a i was a big fan of spider ham and um you know spider noir with nicholas cage but i love the fact in this film they did say we would visit other spider realms and we would see the unique art styles of these worlds the fact that we got six unique art worlds in this movie and also they have stated that we have not seen every big Spider-Man character they've wanted so far. Going into the next one, they've actually held some back purposely for going into the next one. And we have like, uh, you know, Mumbatan, like Spider-Man India, essentially. Mm. We have um, Spider-Man um, 2099's world. We have, um, we have like Gwen Stacy's world, which is like this like, like pastel watercolor yeah watercolor essentially like it's um and also the color in that world shifts to the emotional tone of the film which i noticed which i thought was brilliant that was interesting i, was yeah. to, I, I didn't understand what that was but okay now no, it makes sense yeah i didn't get that either i must admit like and this is one of my few criticisms of the movie that was this is a personal thing but it was a bit distracting for me because the background was constantly shifting and the times it felt a bit random just the shapes that were in the background totally a stylistic choice and a lot of people probably love that but for me i was a little bit like this is a bit odd but once we kind of got past that first section where we were in gwen's world um and back into mild morales's world i was like a lot more comfortable with that kind of art style and background then um don't get me wrong like the first section with gwen is still like visually stunning it's just personal preference i was a little bit not a fan of that particular part so i think um like thinking for myself so obviously she's a very She's obviously ballet inspired in that world because obviously she wears ballet shoes and like that stuff. She's, she's very free flow. She likes to just go with the groove, essentially, go with the movement. And I think that's the reason why they gave her a watercolor design because obviously watercolor is very, you know, it's more looser than structure. And she is definitely more looser in this film, like in regards to like her movement, her actions, not just in her physicality, but also the narrative as well, which I think really works out really well. In the spoiler section, I've definitely got some discussions with like her relationship with her father, which I think was really interesting. And actually some stuff that's come up that we've actually discussed, we can't talk about till the spoiler section with certain, um, you know, groups as well, which is very interested to say the least. But obviously, you know, we have a bunch of other spider characters in this movie. Um, we have um, Oscar Isaac's... Um, Spider-Man 2099, um, uh, Miguel O'Hara. Uh, this guy is, uh, he's described as either the Blue Panther or the Muscular Ninja Vampire because he is the only Spider-Man in existence who doesn't have a goddamn sense of humour. And how did how did we feel about um, Spider-Man 2099 or just Miguel? Yeah, I thought he was, I, I mean, I've put it over into more in the uh, spoiler chat, but I thought it was a uh, great character with some... Um some interesting depth, which I'm hoping gets, I imagine will get explored even further in the next film. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I like the idea, the idea of the character, the like 
spider vampire guy and yeah kind of makes a nice uh juxtaposition i suppose for all of the other spider-men who yeah obviously they're a little bit more light-hearted yeah because i think for a lot of these characters we can't really discuss them further until we get to the spoiler section because there's there's a lot of narrative drive for some of these characters but i know uh we're gonna bring up one of the, we're gonna bring up chaz's favorite character now uh hobart hobie brown good old D- spider plunk played by daniel kalua <laughs> so fucking cool <laughs> everything about this character the way he moved the way he spoke like how he was just like yeah just like all about anarchy and and just kind of going with the flow and not caring too much and the art style that they pulled off with this character i mean there's a lot of um characters with amazing art styles in this movie um it's not just the background worlds where that have different art styles certain characters that appear have their own art style within the scene that they're in even if it's not their own world so hobie was one of them um the character at the start the uh, the flying vulture guy who looked like a moving sketchy drawing fucking love that that was so good like that, i think that was a point where i was just like this is going to be amazing um vulture was brilliant yes. yeah i definitely agree with that um but yeah uh well i don't know there's there's a lot of things that i could say this about but the visuals of this character were just like so interesting, creative, and like I was just watching, like you know, with my mouth open, just looking at the screen, like holy shit, what are they doing with this animation? And I said that up for a lot of stuff in this movie. So yeah, obviously, uh, Chaz didn't know this, but I actually brought up the article the last day or so. But with um, obviously in the previous movie, there was some talk about how the animation for Miles was purposely adjusted as the film went on. So uh, when Miles is first introduced in the movie, he's on every second frame when he moves. But then when he eventually becomes and himself, accepts himself as Spider-Man, he moves to the four-frame format. So he's he's more freeform. And going into Spider-Punk, uh, the fact that his animations are completely different. So his jacket is animated onto different frames to his body to create more of an anarchistic sense to his actual animation. Um, I have possibly read somewhere that Daniel Kaluuya was actually the people, the person they were going to approach from the get-go. And they were actually animating off interviews off of his voice from the get-go. And I, I just love that because I didn't actually know that the character was black until like a, a couple of years ago, to be honest, like um, actually looking into it. And I, as soon as he appears in the movie, he, he is like the coolest character you see as oh, soon yeah. as he appears. Yeah. Like, and he, he has some like strong, even though he's not in the movie that much, being an anarchist, he, he, he creates a big reverberations for the film going forward. He has some major impact for the films going forward, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. He was, he, he was definitely a standout. And a little twist that, you know, his little bit of impact, we'll talk about in the spoilers, um, that he had towards the end of the plot. I was just like, that's a really cool little bit of action that makes sense for his character. And it was a nice little callback because obviously he'd gone out of the movie at that point. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, um, obviously, uh, you know, we spoke about, I think the narrative of the film works out really well. We spoke about how, like, this movie ends on a cliffhanger and we, how we, how we love the story. Um, I will say there were a couple of points where I felt like it did... It did slow down a little bit. Like I don't know if like it and the speeding up section did like affect me. Like I think the visuals definitely going into this film. People, I will say, like a lot of other podcasts have and people have said this. If you are epileptic, do not watch this film. I'm really surprised there wasn't a warning. Warning, actually, at least not on my screening. Yeah, no, this film like because I've got I've got some friends who are and they were able to watch the first movie. But this movie's visual art style goes way beyond the first yeah. one. Like the frame, the frame cutting, the animation shots, the switching of scenes are so quick from black to light. The visual cue changes are just insane in this one. And you, yeah, people have been warned a lot. Do not go see this film, which is really frustrating because 
you'd think they'd design a way to allow people for with those possible you know disabilities or ailments to actually watch these well films. at least give a warning um but yeah i, I was talking to uh, to jesse about this actually um and he said that he wants to rewatch the first one because uh before he sees the second one because there's so many visual elements and just there's so much in that movie um and i want to say the same for this one actually probably even more so there is so much detail there's so much movement so many angles so much like crazy animation that um i'm probably well i'm heavily considering seeing it again in the cinema because it's like Same. yeah there's just so much to see um and i don't think i took in anywhere near all of what the film had to show would you imax it again uh possibly yeah because i never saw an imax so i may i may actually be up for myself because so i because i i think i was telling james in the, after the cinema i think i fell asleep for like a minute in the cinema because i think i missed a couple of minutes i know someone was snoring beside me i don't know if you heard that actually how on earth I, do you I, fall I, asleep I was, to this movie <laughs> I, I was too engrossed in the film yeah it's clear nate's going to give it a uh, fergus six because he clearly didn't like movie oh yeah no of course yeah, i'm gonna never give, yeah. give a fergus standard six but no um I will say the music, like uh, we mentioned the music before, I think the music, like the orchestral score was brilliant for this movie from the get-go. Specifically also, Gwen has her own unique theme now as well. Like Miles has his own theme, Gwen House has a unique theme now, which I think also goes into the fact of like these characters are almost your characters going forward. I'm wondering how that's going to play into the final movie. But my one thing is there wasn't any signature song like What Up Danger. Like That's exactly movie. what I was going to say. So I think the soundtrack was super catchy. Like there was a lot of times I was kind of drumming along to it, you know, like, oh, this is cool. You know, th- this sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, there's no standout song where you're like, oh, that's that's an amazing sequence with the music. So possibly weaker soundtrack than the first one, but still great. I was listening to the soundtrack uh, yesterday and I will say like the orchestral, like specific tracks in the movie, specifically, I think more the start of the movie relating to Gwen and the drumming and everything, they were hit more and also the India Mumbai, sec- you know, Mumbatan section. Probably the best bit in terms I, of music. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I, loved, I loved the music for that. Um, but yeah, there was no like sunflowers, no what up danger. There was nothing like that really in the movie. And I think there's a reason for that, which I'll go into the spoiler section for the movie, which I think does play into the final movie. Uh, but I think that's that's one of the only reasons which it does drop down for me because I think the music was such a integral part of you get these films where music is an integral part of a film like Guardians and any Edgar Wright movie I think with the Spider-Verse movies the music's are a huge part of that because that's part of his character but I again I can't wait it's March the next film by the way yeah. we only have to wait till March I'm really glad it's not five years I mean if they need to delay it to make it good Fair enough, but if it does come out in March, that's pretty and fucking exciting. I'm not gonna lie; if it's three hours long, I w- I will watch it. Oh yeah, same. Like I, yeah. I'll be honest, like I think because it's it's the end game of. It's weird to say, like, because it's only three movies, but the way we'll get into the spoiler section. This is this will be the end game of these you know these films. To be fair, to be honest, and I just um I'm just looking where it's gonna go, and I can say, people, we can very very briefly mention. There are so many spider variants in this movie. Like, and every variant Ooh. is real. Well, what are some of your favourites? Right, a couple I mean, favourites. Without going into spoilers too much. There's, there's um, some like little camos and fun ones going on. Uh, Scarlet Spider, yeah. um, which which was very interesting. Um, I'm not going to... Uh, it was actually confirmed that Andy Samberg is voicing that character. 
and uh, a friend of our friend of ours, he didn't know that was Andy Samberg. But but when you listen to the movie, and he's like really, and it talks how like he's from like he's very dark percent because in the nineties they went all dark and gritty with their characters. So it's like a dark monologue. Oh, that's what that. What, yeah, yeah, I hear it now. Yeah, and it's also like the Spider Noir aspect where how like it's like the match is like you know how Nicolas Cage in the previous film went to that. Um, yeah, I got some laughs out that character. Yeah, uh, I think like um, I do want to mention um, uh, again. I can't remember their name here. I'm just trying to find the name now. Uh, Karan Sunny, I did really like Spider Man India. Uh, Pavita yeah. uh, Prabhaka, and also Issa Rae is Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Mm. I thought, you know, when her introduction into the movie she as well was great was, too, yeah. Yeah, you know, pr- pregnant Spider Woman character. Was she pregnant later in the movie? She wasn't, because like, you can't really tell with the animation later on. There was so much stuff going on. I, I wasn't even paying yeah. that much attention, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, actually, no, we can say, like, um, a character who was in the previous movie, very major, Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Not in the movie as much. We can say in this movie. Uh, we're about to go and spoil us too, spoil us too much. But he still has a very heavy part of the movie to play. I think it works out really well. And I love the interaction with his daughter. Yeah, I really like what they took his character. Like, putting him in that pink dressing gown was just like, yeah, that is that character. That, yeah, is, I think, that is perfect. I think I'd like them to lose that in the next one. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I think... Um, I do have to mention quickly uh, Brian Tyree Henry and Luna Lauren Valores as uh, Jefferson Morales and Rhea Morales. Like, I think they're great characters and I'm, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go in the next movie, to be honest. But yeah, no, um, I can't really talk about some of my favourite characters unless there are spoilers, to be honest, because they do go into the major into the spoiler section. But there, I can say, people, there are at least 400 at least 400 Spider-Man variants in this movie. Like, it's and, insane. And one thing I do want to say about that, um, when I saw the trailer, I think it was the first trailer that came out and it showed all of the um, the well, yeah. the hundreds of Spider-Men, basically. I was just like, oh, is this going to be like, you know, where we were worried about, um, is it Khan? Where there's yeah. too many of him? I was worried it would be the same thing. But it kind of works in the plot, I'd say. It, it's not too overbearing what they do with it. Um, and also I think there's specific reasons which we'll get into the spoiler section why yeah. I think we do need that as well which is really interesting but yeah, yeah I think I think we're going to wrap it up there for the actual like non-spoiler talk we're going to get into the spoiler talk because like, there's so much to talk about within the spoiler talk that really plays into this can movie can I just do four very quick fire okay, Spider-Man that on, I really yeah. enjoyed okay Spider-Cat shooting the uh, throwing up her yeah. um, hairball of web that yeah. was fucking hilarious very shortly after the T-Rex that cracked me up <laughs> How the physics of that work, I don't know. How, yeah. how like... Oh, who cares? And, <laughs> and then the car, the spider car, what was its name? Oh, I can't even remember. It was like a Spider-Man car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that I was just hilarious. And uh, and then the eighty Spider-Man where it's kind of like one frame of animation chasing them. Yeah. yeah. Just some small little funny um, references, but they there's a lot of good humour in this, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I'd agree with that. Any final, any final points of yourself there before we get into the roundup? Nope. Okay, cool. Right, uh, that was a quick answer there. So uh, obviously we're going to get into the roundup now. We're going to um, we've given our final points for the movie. We're going to give our reviews. So I think I'm. I think this is a nine out of ten for me. I think there's. A, I think as we've agreed, the only reason it does get a ten out of ten for me is because of the music, and I think that's why Into the Spider Verse is just above this movie still because I think I I sometimes go back and rewatch that What Up Danger sequence because it's so it's when he's falling and you hear that. He's dropping down in the the comic book panels because I will say in this movie they don't do that as much like the previous movie like the comic book panel styles they don't actually do that as much which I was quite mm. interested in that to be honest but they've got some individual art styles it's different but yeah I give this a I give this a nine out of ten yeah um, I'm gonna go with the same 
uh, I was thinking about this as I was coming out in cinema and I was like, can I give this a 9.5? Can I do it? And I was like, maybe I'm going to go with the practical score. I think my, you know, my heart score is 9.5 because the, the visuals and the creativity, I'm going to use just a lot of the same words in this talk, but it, it's just, there's nothing else like it. And I just love the, the creativity behind this movie. Um, the only reason that it, yeah, no movie is perfect, but uh, the tiny, tiny, smaller points. Um, some of the audio mixing for dialogue was a little bit. Yes, that's something I was going to mention as well. Yeah, the a little bit hard to hear. Um, and the plot uh, pacing felt a little bit. It did feel like it was going to be one movie and it had to split into two. Um, but yeah, it's it's an astonishing movie. Um, it's probably one of my favourite movies. It is one of my favourite movies of the last several years. It's possibly one of my favourite. It's one of my favorite animated music of all time. It's incredible, incredible movie. I can't wait for this to come out on digital. I'm gonna watch this so much. Like it's, it's especially specific sequences again. Like yeah, and it, it. I hope that they do some kind of special features on like a Blu-ray or available online or something because I would love to see how they do some of this footage because it's. I have no idea. Like it's so out there and ahead of its game in terms of visual creativity and tech so i'm wondering if they had maybe like one or two animators per spider-man as well in this movie like like to uh, put to so you know it was easier to animate and everything and I mean, then they had, had enough i guess a yeah, thousand no. animators yeah no but how about yourself james yeah so i think he, i think the film was visually stunning i loved the way it combined different different art styles i thought one of that stuff was great i thought the story was entertaining i did feel that I liked this. I, I, I liked uh, Doctor Spot. Um, I thought he was great. I thought uh, Spotty the villain. He was, he was, he was a good villain. Um, except for fact, well, kind of. And this is this is probably why I'm, why I'm not going to get quite as high a score. So he kind of like drops off a little um, partway through the partway through the film. I would have liked would have liked to have a little bit more. I think it's one character where I would have liked to have a little more depth. Um, he's got like like one clear motivation but then it is a little it's, it's not a great motivation it's not a great motivation but mm. it's it, it's more like a, a a comedy character who they have made into a villain which I like but I would have liked a bit more depth there so I'm going to bump it down a little bit as a, as a result of that but as I say fishy stunning film plot goes to some interesting um, perspectives I am looking forward to the next film 8 out of 10 for me so how would we range that then? So it'd be eight point five or 8. Being, 5, yeah, eight point five out of ten then. Yeah, that's that's good. That definitely does it. Drop it down to a. I definitely want to see Fergus watch this film because he has, <laughs> yeah. he actually yeah. actually seen the first film though. So he hasn't. He has yeah. seen the first film, so it would be interesting for him to see both of these at the same time. Like it'd be very interesting to do, to be honest. But yeah, so that's an eight point five people from us. So um, we are now going to be getting into the boys section in a second. So if you haven't seen the movie. Right, as, as usual, fuck off, go watch the movie and come back. Especially um, this one. Oh yeah, no, especially because we're going to get into some good spoilers now. But if you're leaving us now, uh, please contact us at nmipodcastout.com. That's nmipodcastout.com. Or search for our socials at nmicast. Right. You've had your warnings, people. It's now time for us to get into the spoiler discussion in five, four, three, quip, one, go. You missed the best joke, um, which I'm gonna was gonna keep for the uh, spoiler discussion. Well, the best joke for me was the one based upon that meme. Um, oh, where they, yeah. where they're, yeah. pointing, yes. where they're pointing to Spider-Man. That was hilarious. Oh my god! Yeah, the fact they were able to pull it off again after like it's been so because it was done in the last movie as well. Um, but the fact that they were into able to integrate that into the chase sequence, which was yeah, yeah. 
that that Thomas. sequence is long, and I'm not gonna lie, I was I was almost emotion, I was almost drained by the end of that sequence. Like, yeah, the, the thing is, um, this is kind of why I said you should maybe watch it multiple times because it, it is a lot to take in, um, and it, it maybe that's why I felt like so kind of emotionally, I guess, high off of it uh, after I came out of it because it it is quite draining. Like, it's a lot to take in. So. It was interesting because obviously, you know, when Miles first appears and they all see him, it's interesting that they cut to literally him like already swinging them, jumping on him. I thought they would have at least had like the middle section where he actually does do that. It's interesting how they've had they specific cut it. And also what I, I I almost thought they would have gone for a one shot at one point because it does look like they were going to go for a one shot. But it it's, it's small sequences. I did love the and he died and then they're coming through because obviously you saw that in the trailer the fact that we have like spider horse as well with the hooves like with the webs and everything <laughs> why and is the horse wearing a mask to exactly. conceal its identity yeah Duh. Like, <laughs> I love the fact that the beginning of this movie starts with Lego Spider-Man yeah which I'm not gonna lie was spoiled for me unfortunately because uh, it was spoiled by actually uh, I can't remember there was an article for it basically which got me but I do love the fact that Miguel goes you're one of our best I'm like yeah, that was I, good. I also think that is a homage to the Lego movie as well for the Chris and Miller and everything, which are Lord and Miller. One thing, interesting thing I spotted in the credits is that only one person was credited for the Lego animation. So is that, like, did one person just do that? Was it, I don't think it was stop motion. I think it's CGI, but. I mean, did you see that Um, in our Discord group, people actually put up like, someone actually recreated, some one person actually recreated the entire Across the Spider-Verse trailer by themselves. And I believe they're like 14, 15 years old and they actually did that by themselves. And obviously the director were praised by that no doubt that person got a huge animation job in the future but yeah so obviously you know let's 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 dive in some like you know things for this film so obviously the main villain for this film the spot he is out to kill um he's out to break spider-man's world essentially like not just his world but his life and coming off of this film like you know initially seeing this character is such a joke and he is not taken seriously but the fact he is a character from the first movie and obviously you picked that because it's it's specifically mentioned in the movie how he's the he's the scientist who has the bagel hit on his head and you know he's the bagel guy and everything but one article i did see which i, I love that they tied this in it's probably not an actual thing but the fact that bagels have been very prominent in the last couple of years i was years, just gonna say I was, that, yeah I, yeah I, I, I only just thought about that just just before you put that put that up for notice that anyways yeah that just uh, comes to my mind just and to... also I think Marvel has a big thing here where basically they can look at everything everywhere all at once and across and into the Spider-Verse and go, this is how you do a multiverse movie because it's insane how this like goes about like the fact that, and also, you know, um, just uh, across the spider there's actually like um, uh, bored um, like bounds going all of it, um, all of it, all of it everywhere over the, you know, basically like bagel advertisements everywhere in the movie. And I love the fact that they did that in the movie. But the spot as a villain, like, I, I thought it was a unique design. Like, mm. especially the the void and everything, like, going between and everything. Like, he has to have multiple, he has to have one spot going to different location. I did feel sorry for him at first, though. Because he does talk about how, like, no one will hire him. Yeah. And he had to turn to a life of crime. Like, and it's not his fault. It wasn't his fault. It's a really good line. Um, Yeah. I, I actually, I, I did think he was quite a good villain. Um, Partly, I think, because he was kind of unexpected i suppose um it's interesting that they took you know what was in theory quite an insignificant character um and you know they built on that and they uh gave it a lot more interesting development 
the one thing I did want to say as well about that character is once he's powered up, the art style that they use for him, another astonishing look like looking set of visuals. And terrifying. Yeah, like, really creepy. Like, I, did you see? Um, so I saw on like a, a YouTube video where basically, when he goes into that sort of realm, like of the spot world. You can actually see the sketch lines of his character. Like yep. I love, I loved that. Like those those small intricate details, which was just visually impressive. And like when, because when when it first got announced, the fact that the person who was voicing was Jason Schwartzman, like you know, actor, musician, comedian. Like he's been a lot of stuff. He's been he's the main villain in it. Um, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I believe. Like he has a very like nasally voice when he talks and everything. And then you think, oh, okay, this, how can this guy be the main villain of this entire trilogy, really? But I don't think he will be. Like, I think, I think, like, it could be a point that, like, towards the end of the next film, it'll be the midpoint where he, he's defeated, and then Miguel becomes the final villain, I was going to say, it, it's kind of a perspective thing. Um, because, obviously, Miles says he's going to do things his own way. Um, you know, that might not be the, the right course of action. We, we need to wait for the third one, really, to see what happens with that. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see how they take that, definitely. So, so yeah, depending on, um, you know, what happens with that, you could say Miguel was the, the oh. good guy or Miguel was right, or, um, and then obviously we have uh, the third villain that was introduced late as well. So I think that there's, there's uh, I've, I've had a few fears about where the where this next film goes, because it's called Beyond the Spider-Verse. I, for one thing, think possibly the beginning of the film could be that he does break it. The, the universe, the multiverse does break, and it's Miles rebuilding the multi rebuilding the spider-verse eventually essentially because did you guys ever watch the 90s spider-man tv show animated show nope. a little bit here and so there. there's a character called madam web she's mm. like the intricate web of everything was it introduced in this movie she's getting her own live action movie as well uh, i think she's going to be introduced in the next movie because also i love the fact that the multiverse design is the exact same as the mcu they are keeping that continuity of like this like silver blue like tree effect for the multiverse and then it turns into the webs which is sort of like its own aspect as well i recognize that visual yeah yeah because it's in a loki specifically it was first introduced there one thing i want to critique is the whole canon events of this film like Mm. every spider-man like a major character has to die for a spider-man character wouldn't of his uncle aaron have been his character event why does he have to have two like or is it because he was because of the whole he 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 is the anomaly which i thought was a great twist to this movie yeah um, is the reason he has to have more than one. So I interpreted that as, um, so they said there's two events or two of the events that have to happen for Spider-Man. Um, a close relative dies and they lose a, uh, a police chief in their life. doesn't necessarily have to mean that those are the same event, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Cause obviously, um, you know, uh, Gwen Stacy's dad is quit force now. Yep. So does, and like other people said, does that break her canon event now? Because he's not he's not a captain anymore, but does he become that? And also, I love the fact that we saw every Spider-Man's version. Mm. And I've got some theories about some. I was talking to this about my housemate. Um, we saw Toby very, very briefly. Yeah, that was cool. In the background. The one Spider-Man we did see very prominently there was Andrew Garfield with Captain Stacy. I think he's going to have a major part. Because I think we are seeing live-action Spider-Man in the next movie. Because we saw a live-action character in this one, which, by the way, I loved getting Donald Glover as the Prowler. Well, there's a movie. few of them, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I hope so, because... Uh, was it... Um, what's Andrew. the third Spider-Man uh, movie? Tom Holland? Oh, No Way Home. Yeah. Um, so I haven't seen um, any of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man yeah. movies. Um, 
but I really liked him in No Way Home. Uh, yeah, because like when when the criticisms of that of his films were his first one, his suit wasn't great. Um, he had the best suit in the sequel, which we see in No Way Home. I actually think he had the best like Spider-Man suit, uh, the classic. But his personality was the most like Peter Parker, essentially like the jokey aspect of it. But also, I think he's about 38, 40 years old now. He's the same age as Peter B. Parker in like this world. And a lot of people are thinking, we're, we're going to get the live-action Miles Morales soon. It's obviously going to happen. He would be the perfect Spider-Man to be, because it would be his redemption, because he talked about how he had a dark, he became dark after like his events. And it would be his redemption to train the next Spider-Man. But anyway... That's like one of the things I theory for this movie. I think he's going to have a prominent role because it's called Beyond the Spider-Verse. And I think we are going to break that because also we don't really see Tom Holland either in this nope. film. Oh, yeah, that's very true, actually. Yeah, I guess you said they're holding back certain characters. Maybe they you don't, get you don't You don't get Spider-Pig from a Simpsons movie, either. Oh, well, oh, yes. Yeah, no, we don't get that. But we do get Spider-Ham at the end, which I... I loved. I love the fact we're getting those original characters back for the next one. Yeah, so um, the ending was... A bit abrupt. Actually, we should probably talk about that in a minute. But um, one thing I do want to say about the ending is that last or one of those last shots where she's assembled the team and they are all in a row. That was so good. I got, t- I, I literally got tingled. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. Um, that's where we say in the review section, people, this is all because of Spider Punk. He, he's the reason why we're able to actually break, like, because we're literally there's this whole thing like uh, there's this film called Spider Geddon in the um the comic books where it's like Spider Man versus Spider Man. We are literally getting a spider war in the next movie. Essentially, we are getting two factions going up against each other, and this is why I call it the End Game event because that the fighting in this next movie is going to be absolutely insane. Like, can we get the cat versus the T Rex possibly? Maybe like that'd be absolutely hilarious. Like, Chaz would be like, yeah, down down for that. Of course, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I yeah I didn't even think that, but yeah, I suppose some of them will side with Miguel. I suppose some of them will side with Miles, and then I, it's probably not going to be that straightforward. But maybe that'll be the general gist. Because obviously, you know, the events it's literally two days later, or literally a day is until the events of Miles's dad supposedly getting killed off. One thing I was like in the trailers, we saw um, Miles's dad falling from a falling from a height. That's actually at the beginning of the movie when he with the spot and everything. My theory was that it was going to be his mother dying. So it was like the whole they play on the fact that it's playing on the dad because in the comic books and in the game, uh, Spider-Man game, Miles's dad is the one that dies. But I thought they may have flipped it in this movie to sort of like make a massive shock factor. That's something I think might happen going forward as well. But probably it's a shame. It'd be so sad. <laughs> other people are thinking, could Gwen die? Yeah, maybe. Because Gwen, because Gwen, because it, it, it does send this line, this film, Peter Parker's a Gwen Stacy's. It doesn't usually end well for those characters or Spider-Man. That's very true as well. Yeah. But it's not because also there's only one Miles Morales. It seems we've got tons of Peter Parker's, maybe like a couple of Gwen Stacy's, but there's only one Miles Morales I've seen the entire time. Well, until the until the end of the movie. Well, when you say tons, do you mean uh, the live action Peter Parkers? Well, not just that. Like, in the, we got loads of different Peter Parker variants in the film, like you know, um, the Indian Peter Parker, because there's uh, different variants of that. Yeah. But we don't really have any Miles Morales variants until the end of the movie, which we'll get to that now. Mm. That twist at the end was absolutely shocking. I did not see that. Coming I didn't see that coming over. But it was it was one of those good twists because it was kind of set up beforehand, but you don't realise that it's been set up to do that, which is which is great. Yeah. Um, where it's revealed that he's there because the spider that bit him was from a different dimension when he sent him back into the dimensions. 
he's sent back into the dimension that the spider was from. Um, so he, so essentially Mars ends up in the wrong dimension, and I thought, yeah, you're right, that was, that was a great twist. It was really well set up as well. Um, yeah. I didn't see it coming uh, at all. And even when she was like, did you change your hair? And then who's Spider-Man? I... I don't know. Maybe I was being a bit thick, but I still didn't clock well, it. Well, when it glitched, I was caught off guard. Like, I, I didn't click the whole glitch. I thought maybe, oh, because he's just like teleported back. Maybe he's feeling the, the effects of it because he doesn't have the wristband anymore. So he's, but then I was thinking, well, no, it's it's written from the first film. If you, you were glitching if you were in the wrong universe, and it was in this film as well. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And it was literally only at that point because I knew as soon as his uncle stopped on that rooftop and he was hit from behind, I knew that was the Miles variant there because it was like it was obviously that's what it had to be but some people have actually gone on twitter to actually say like how obviously the earth 42 variant which is the spider from that spider was supposed to buy that miles essentially and he was supposed to become spider-man but our miles was to become the prowler so it's the yin and yang it's the flip effect in the first spider-man movie um spider-man's uh sense when he meets miles is red and blue miles's is purple and green which is the prowler's colors now, he was supposed to become the prowler in that universe. Now, because the spider from the other Miles' universe came over and bit him in this movie, as we, we're looking at a, a Games Radar article on our people, the Miles from that universe, when you first see him, it's the same Spider-Man colours as the first movie. So it's, it's basically his colour scheme is what he should have been, and Miles's is what he should have been in his universe. So it's flipping. How all these connect is insane to me. Like... And where it went's going to go. I do like the fact at the end, because he, he doesn't have his powers at one point, like towards the end of the movie. Like he seems to have lost a bit. That spark is appearing. Is it going to help him? Is he going to have to defeat his variant in this movie? Like what's going to happen there? Like how's he going to get away? Like I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of open-ended questions with <clears throat> this particular subplot. Um, Again, it was really unexpected. So I kind of don't know what to make of it. Yeah, Roland March, I guess. I can say, like, I love the fact that, you know, in the first movie, we've got... This is this is the whole we were talking about in the review section, about how the wallop danger moment, like, him becoming Spider-Man, essentially. And that was his musical sequence. I think that's the reason why they held this off in this movie, because the whole point of this movie is they keep telling him he is not Spider-Man. He is not meant to be Spider-Man anymore. I think in the next movie, we are going to get that no, I am Spider-Man, and it's going to be the big mm. musical musical thing in the movie. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he saves Miguel O'Hara. I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to save the multiverse. He's going to defeat the spider in a massive way. He's going to prove himself, and it's going to be this... They might do one-up danger again, or a new version of it, but I think that's going to be the big musical number for the next movie. Yeah, there was a sequence... Well, there's a lot of sequences that stand out to me, but um, the sequence where he's... Um, I guess it's like a nightwear sequence where um, it looks like the spot is chasing him, you know, with like the hands and all the oh, yeah. surreal, like the buildings rotating and all that. It's not as good as the what up danger bit, but like that bit was just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That is a crazy sequence. Do, do you know, um, one thing that a lot of the fight sequences reminded me of was that one um, long take from Guardians 3. Yes. Um and like that's what's so fucking cool about this movie. There's loads of moments like that in here. Not like specifically long takes, but super dynamic, like camera moving around, characters interacting and bouncing off each other and it's yeah, it's insane. I think if you're I think if you're doing a Spider Man movie you have to work out unique camera angles because you can't just have static shots for these characters in the way you are right, the way it flows and the bit where he um 
throws himself through the cogs as he goes through the like go like shooting down and everything. And I do like the fact that towards the end of the train sequence, turns out Miles is actually as smart as people think, and he has had a plan the entire time. Yeah, that was cool. He probably put it together as he was going, but you know, I do love the fact that you know he's constantly told, "Are oh, you not this? You're not this." And Miles is like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna do it my own way." And he just like annihilates Miguel at that point, and I think that's the reason why he'll save him in the next movie. To be honest, and and it's kind of crazy, like it's almost unbelievable that he would be outsmart and best that many Spider-Men. Um, We're too busy accusing each other as to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they all get distracted long oh. enough for him to escape I do love that pause as well when that Spider-Man comes through the door and Miles is just hanging on the back of the guy <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah I thought it was hilarious yeah yeah. Um, have you got any, have you got any comments like spot comments at all like, yeah, to, to talk about dude um, apart from that awesome meme moment um, we, we, we already talked about the um, the twist with uh, evil Miles and good Miles and no, that'll, be, that'll be interesting following that up uh, what are those pigtails though What's it's um I, I don't know to be honest, <laughs> um but you yeah, know obviously you know going, I love I love the fact that um you know they can sort of like control um you know breaks in the multiverse by bringing these other Spider-Man variants in um we didn't really discuss this in the review section but obviously with Spider-Man two the video game coming out this year full confirmed. Uh, there's a very very tiny Easter egg in this movie where uh, Ganky is playing a game and it turns out it is actually gameplay footage from the new spider-man game which they haven't even showed so they've showed specific footage but not this and i love the fact that they implanted it in the movie which is like the level of detail they've gone in this film is is ridiculous yeah. and obviously we got the ps5 spider-man character in the little video game montage character section and i love the fact that some of the villains like this is a very unique comedian and a very boring rhino and like you know it's just it's just variants like that essentially um i I love the fact that we've got the the opposing teams from the get-go. It's interesting that Andy Samberg, who everyone really loves and everything, he's like on the opposition team now. He's like the dark and broody type and everything. And But we do have Jessica Drew, which is sort of like the wild card now because she is the um, she's the one who let... She saw Gwen leave to go find the other characters. And is she going to be the wild card, essentially, that stops Miguel in the next movie, possibly? I don't know. There's a lot of... That's what's really interesting about the film. Like, all all the characters have... Well, all the main characters um, and most of the side ones have very clear, like, you know, motivations or, or um, interpretations of different things, different emotional reactions. So that's what makes it so, like, again, like, I haven't said about the characters, but the characters are great too. Like, it's... Mm. There's, there's very little weak points and that's one of the things that's interesting. Like, different characters could react in in their own ways and uh, depending on what the situation is so you know that just makes whatever is going to happen in the third movie ever the more interesting it's, just... it's going to be interesting how they uh, weave all those different characteristics into into the story exactly so um obviously you know we could confirm that we are getting back like all the characters in the previous movie in the final watch I'm, I'm i'm really looking forward to but one character we haven't really talked about um is um spider bite uh amandala steinberg um she's like the avatar digital avatar spider which i thought was very interesting design one thing I was thinking about, actually, you know, with Spider-Sense, they can detect danger, essentially, like, with some around. I love the fact when Miles is camouflaged and he's going back to the thing, she doesn't sense anything because they have this sort of connection from the get-go when you, they first meet each other. And it's that it's that very subtle animation, like, oh, they're, you know, they're sort of kind of maybe into each other sort of thing that brings this sort of, like, 
calmness to it. And that's why she doesn't, you know, stop the machine from being off and everything. But I don't know, this... This, this, I think you are different. We're going to definitely have to go see this film again. And yeah. I'm going to have to see an IMAX. I think like this is definitely an IMAX movie. So I may have to go within the next week or so. Because obviously we've got The Flash next week. Which is, um, and um, Transformers this week. Yeah, oh no. Uh, which I don't care about. Um, it might be good. I don't care, damn So but... we've basically got a whole bunch of multiverse movies again this year. With this and the Flash, yeah, no, it's very, very true. The Flash is a is a multiverse film as well, and like supposedly it's been called the greatest live action superhero film of all time as well by a lot of people. Which I'm, we can't really praise one of the actors in it to be honest, which is really frustrating because mm. you do want to praise actors, but I don't know. I'm gonna be boring or controversial or something, but I've seen two trailers for that movie now, and I'm both times I'm just like, oh man. If James Gunn is calling it that, though, that's interesting. I mean, I want I want to watch it because I I've only seen the. I've not read a comic, but I've only seen the animated um, the animated movie Flashpoint, and I loved it. So, uh... but no, I think um, I do. Yeah, I think no. So, okay, let's give our first to the next movie quickly. So, do you think Miles's dad or have someone? Do you think anyone will die in the next film? I w- I don't want them to, but I think that someone close to Miles or maybe one of the other major characters will die. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, probably, probably most of the universe. I mean, it's beyond it's beyond the Spider Verse or destroy it all, and um, no, I mean, I mean, I've, I've got no idea to be fair. So, but I imagine it probably will do just just because that will give um, some emotional kind of yeah. um, depth to the characters. It's a PG, I want to say, um, but they they aren't afraid to cover heavy subjects and tug at your heartstrings. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. To be honest. I do think, uh, I do think like we are going to get Miles' second canon event in the next film, but I, do, I think it's going to be in the most unexpected way. Like maybe, but I also do think like maybe he could break the canon events. Like I think that's like he probably, it, might, it might go something like just just coming just coming to me now. I don't know, don't know how it will work, but maybe he he breaks it, things go to hell, but somehow I don't know if there's any time travel involved, go back in time, and then he has to let, let it happen. I don't know. I mean, that is possibly, you know, because with, with multiverse experts, that is a possible way of going about it. I mean, as I said before, though, I, we've only seen two variants of Miles in this entire thing, which I thought was very interesting to say the least. I'm wondering if we might see, like, more variants of him in the next movie, because, like, if they're calling Miles an anomaly, maybe it takes more anomalies to break the canon essentially yeah maybe there's more anomalies out there there is a multiverse in theory they could they could do anything but um, if, there's so, if there's loads of anomaly, anomalies out there then they aren't anomalies i mean it could it could be the, the reset essentially you could yeah the thing about multiverse movies is you could just speculate forever <laughs> oh no very much so i think like obviously i can't really ask you guys are there any spider okay right are there any like unique possible Spider-Man? Because obviously you've had your Cat Spider-Man, your T-Rex Spider-Man. Are there any possible Spider characters that you might like to see in the next film? Spider Pig from Simpsons movie. You'd like to see? Yeah, well, I guess we have got Spider Ham, but like I guess Spider Pig. Venom. Just, just a little bit of reference. Venom would be cool. Venom, like I'm surprised we haven't. We never saw Symbiote Spider-Man in this movie, which yeah. I think could be. Um, actually, in the movie we did get the Venom sequence though in the film. Did the live-action sequence when Spot goes to the live-action world. Oh, yes, yeah. Because that's the lady from the Venom film, the counter and everything. Oh, okay, so, I, I didn't see that film. <laughs> but uh, yes. Well, it's, yeah, so she's actually in the Venom movie. She, like, knows Venom, and she, that's why she's so unfazed by him mm. appearing in that world. But I think, um, yeah, Venom, like, we never got a symbiote Spider-Man, which is a um, possible, possible thing. Could be a big, like... Because symbiote Spider-Man is usually quite powerful, so that could be a thing as well. But we could get other 
Marvel characters appear, possibly, because they do mention Doctor Strange and the kid from Earth-19999, which is Tom Holland mm. as well. So they do me- they do mention him, oh, okay. but we don't see him, because that's, that's why they're going to film who's Doctor Strange. He shouldn't <laughs> be a doctor. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I think we're going to... I love the fact that they've said they've held back characters for the next film, because, again... I think we are going to get like a massive brawl at some point in this film, in the next movie. I think that's going to happen. I mean, like, I'm not, as I said before, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan. Like, it, I just kind of watch the movies in the canon that are interesting to me. Um, so for me, it almost doesn't matter like who they bring in. It's just, you know, if they do some interesting stuff that they keep along with the same level of quality and they keep the plot interesting and. Uh, I guess to an extent not generic and not predictable then I'm happy no I completely agree I mean one Spider-Man variant I would like to see is the Ultimate Spider-Man mm. variant basically in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic book which came in like the early 2000s this was the introduction of Miles Morales and he was like the basically Peter died in a massive battle and Miles Morales took over he was the introduction there but we never saw that variant in this film and I think you have to show the original Miles Morales in the movie, to be honest. I think that's what they're going to have to do. And I think that might be a big part of the next one, how, like, maybe our Miles meets the original Miles and there's a conversation there possibly, which I think would be quite interesting to have, to be honest. Or or how everyone's campaigning for Donald Glover, who was the prowler in this film, to be Miles Morales in live action, but, but he aged out. Maybe we see a variant of Miles Morales, which is Donald Glover. Older, yeah. Older. And I yeah. think that would be a great way to cap off, like, everyone campaigning for this actor to be Miles Morales and just even a two minute sequence of giving that slight satisfaction to the actor being that as well would be really really great to have to be honest but yeah I think I think that's pretty much covered it all to be honest I, I, I will say I do agree with you the audio mixing I found it hard to listen to some of the voices sometimes it was very yeah. low pitched and I think that could be very easily adjusted, if, especially for digital films, essentially. That could be really adjusted easily. And I think it was worse at the start. I yes. Think, maybe I got used to it or something, but um, it became a lot clearer later. But yeah, I mean, even subtitles, um, you know, when I get this, uh, however, uh, you know, on Blu-ray or whatever, I'll probably just switch on subtitles just because I like them and it, they're quite needed for this movie. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But no, I think we're going to end it there, people. Uh I think we've learned how to do a non-spoiler review and a review section now. We're about going on to an hour and 40 minutes now. We've uh, definitely done that quite on the spot there, people. But yeah, obviously, you know, what did you guys think of the uh, Spider-Man movie or Spider-Verse movie? Uh, where do you think it could go? Do you want to see more Miles variants? Are we possibly going to get hints of, like, the uh, into the, across the Spider-Verse movie in the Spider-Man video game when it comes out in a few months' time? Because, obviously, that character is there. Uh, what's, you know, what Spider-Man variants do you want? Do you want Spider-Toad or something like that? I don't know, like you know having the tongue as his web essentially that'd be really freaky to have to be honest but shoots the tongue out then the web but yeah uh, let us know by emailing us at nmipodcastout.com that's nmipodcastout.com or search for our socials at nmicast uh, or just search google by t- typing nmicast or when you need more info in the coming weeks uh, we're actually going to be discussing ip we'd like to see uh, turn into animation myself and james have got some interesting ones to discuss there we'll be discussing that we're also going to be doing a uh, batch recording session at some point so if we do miss a couple of weeks we're going to have some episodes some filler episodes so people can enjoy that as we go forward we are also going to be doing a retro games episode which we have actually been looking forward to doing for a while. And we've got a question for you all people. What do you classify... When does re- games classify as retro? Because we've definitely got some answers for that. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what people have to say about that because for me, retro is kind of like 
PS1 slash Mega Drive, maybe inching into like PS2 era, but you know, some people say the 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 Wii is retro now. I'd probably, I mean, I mean for me because I don't want to feel too old. Um, I go anything from like ninety seven and and before that to me would be retro. So the PlayStation, mm. yeah. Uh, so. Basically, the skip from two D to three D essentially would be first, the... first Half Life for me is start or not retro, and that's just because that's how it was for me. That that's how I would have seen things. Um, back in the day I don't want to admit that I'm, that I'm becoming an old fucker <laughs> no I get it but you yeah, know let, let answer that question people in one of our future episodes but yeah I think we're going to leave it there I want to thank James and uh, Chaz for joining me today yeah cheers it's been good yeah um, really enjoyed talking about this movie bloody loved it yeah I, I, I think I think like obviously we've all got a bit of a partying this weekend so maybe on the Sunday if we're chilling maybe, maybe, maybe like if we're not too hungover maybe uh Go watch that movie again at the weekend, possibly, uh, to cap off the weekend. I'd, I'd be quite up for that, to be honest, if uh, if you're into that. But yeah, right. I think we're going to leave it there, people. Get your web sling, shooters on, swing out into the world and uh, enjoy the time and come back next time for our lovely next episode. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.